Welcome to another episode of the Marvelverse podcast, Across the Airways podcast, dedicated to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Marvel's Netflix shows, and the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Dan Schmidt, your Excelsior host, and with me is the leader of Colson's Army, and a guy who came through in the clutch for us, got live tweeting about Tuesday night. My co-host... Hey guys, it's Nikki. Hey, it's Josh. Okay, Nikki, tell everyone what we're doing on this fantastic episode of the Marvelverse podcast. Look, this episode we'll be talking about episode three of Agent Carter, entitled Better Angels and Listener Feedback. Yes, it's good stuff. Okay, before we get into all that excitement, we're going into our news with the coast section with some news this week for real, because I got confused with news about Marvel's Most Wanted. But this week we for sure have news about the Netflix shows coming to Netflix in the next year or so. What is the continuation of a show that took Netflix by storm? And the other is about a new show that they're going to develop in addition to everything else they have coming out. So let's take it away with the new section now. Punisher spinoff starring John Bernthal in development at Netflix. Netflix is this close to pulling the trigger on The Punisher, a new Marvel spinoff series centered on John Bernthal's gun-toting Daredevil vigilante, aka Frank Castle. Viewers will get their first look at Bernthal's Punisher when Daredevil's second season drops on Friday, March 18th. But the early buzz on The Walking Dead alum's performance is overwhelmingly positive. For those keeping track at home, this would mark Netflix's sixth Marvel series. Following Daredevil, Jessica Jones, the upcoming Luke Cage, and the in-works Iron Fist and Defender series. This is great news, and I have loved everything Marvel that Netflix has done thus far, so I have no reason to believe this will be anything but amazing. Marvel's Jessica Jones renewed for Season 2. Netflix has renewed its Kristen Ritter-led comic book drama for Season 2. It was announced on Sunday at the TCA Winter Press Tour. According to Netflix Chief Content Officer Ted Saradanos, the sophomore run, which will again consist of 13 episodes, won't debut until the upcoming Marvel series The Defenders wraps its first season. Unfortunately, that is a long way off, but I'm sure the wait will be well worth it, and it is not like we won't be getting great content from other shows in the Defenders series on Netflix. And that's the news with Nico for this week. All right. Good so with that, we're going to dive right in to discussing another exciting and fun-filled episode that took place in the 40s with the Agent Carter episode, Better Angels. (laughs) 
In Better Angels, Peggy Carter's quest for answers gets help from a familiar face as Howard Stark returns to aid Peggy as she combs the streets of Los Angeles as part of a murder investigation and gets closer to the truth about Zero Matter. So let's get this party started by talking about the return of Howard Stark. His <laughs> women got Peggy's eye rolling <laughs> in the face of Howard. He is a ridiculous man, isn't he? Yes, he is. But damn it, um, I love him. Had anybody else noticed that the robe he came down in was, is the same robe he's wearing in the Marvel one-shot? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was yeah. intentional. Kudos to the wardrobe department. Yeah. Dominic must feel comfortable in the robe. <laughs> I wonder if they gave it to him. Right. Grease stole it like they do. Good hotels, you know. Pull the Beverly Hills cop. <laughs> yeah. It was great to see him, though. It was great to see him and great to hear his interaction again. I especially enjoyed how, while he's full of himself, he's ob- you know he's showed no signs of real no real signs of like no sexism and no racism. I mean, outside the fact that he likes to use women, but then again, he also doesn't mind being used by them either. I think Howard is kind of an odd duck in his where he really could care less about race or religion or you know it's just if you're an interesting person he wants to he wants to know you i just think he's kind of above it all and that's Mm -hmm. really that's really cool to see and he's not a sexist pig he just i mean he really isn't he enjoys women but he also treats them quite nicely before he dumps them and he has trouble remembering names and he has trouble remembering names dotty underwood Uh, but once you tell her what he what you tell him what he was wearing when he dated her yeah. And he knows exactly who she is. Yeah. He, re- he associates memory with fashion. Yes. Yeah. Which, which is very Howard. And I just, I love seeing him in action. I, I was worried he would just have a cameo or he'd just show up for two minutes. And I was like, no, we get him the whole time. And he's very, he's bringing all his Howard, his Howardness. And I just love his, uh, he had so many great lines. Especially, I love the Velveeta. Can you fun do with that cheese? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Do, you can't do anything. <laughs> the also later on when he helps break into the arena club with all the women. <laughs> my favorite was at the very end. He's like, you know what? I'm actually thinking. I have second thoughts about my my original opinion of you. And Jarvis is like, we're done here. He goes, second thought. This place stinks. You'll never <laughs> see me again. <laughs> and he doesn't care what he looks like or how that seems to somebody else. He's like, ah, never mind. <laughs> yeah. You all suck. <laughs> Got to uh, Jarvis hated that butler guy. Guy didn't know how to make a martini. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Let me show you how to do it right. <laughs> uh, people on uh, Twitter were talking about how they, you know, they would love to have him just be at their next party, bartend their next party. <laughs> I, I even tweeted about the fact that I wonder what his cost would be to do that. Got it all. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. To, ha- to have him show up as Jarvis and bartend your party. Mm. Can Howard bring all the women? <laughs> <laughs> just, just bring Howard and, and, and Jarvis and I'll be happy. Oh. You gotta bring Peggy. Come on. And, well, that's a given. Yeah. I just want to bask in Peggy's glow. God, like, it would be fun to party with. You roll your eyes at Howard for me. <laughs> Yes, and then if you really want to be creeped out, have her talk in an American accent. No, no. That's, that's disturbing that was, for me. It was. American, it really was. American accents are wrong. She does it beautifully. You could, If you didn't know that she was British, she pulls it off really well, but no, no, no. 
Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it's like the magic is gone. Could you talk yeah. to an American accent? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, I almost wanted to say, oh, the horror. Yeah. 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 So don't do that again. (laughs) But the end was that scene contents when she was under the table. Yeah. I mean, they have some pretty sophisticated tech in there. Yes. They could bypass Howard's stuff. But yeah, I thought Jarvis saved saved her, you know, in the nick of time. And she goes, I get so so confused around books. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I love that line. That was so great. She just there's a book just sitting there. I get so confused about books around books. Jarvis came through in the clutch a lot in this episode. Yeah. I mean, that's that's his uh, that's his mo. If he was a superhero, he'd be called Clutch. Yeah. 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 But not disembodied voice. No, not disembodied voice. <laughs> Which was a great Easter egg. Yes, it was. Not my not my favorite of all the Easter eggs, but that was a great one. Yeah. I, I, I wanted, think my favorite was the who makes a movie based on a comic book. That's just silly. Oh yes. I have uh base movie based on yes, a movie based on a comic book. Dreadful idea. You're yeah. the shot. You're that the was shot. Funny. <laughs> I was like Peggy my notes were Peggy and Jarvis do Hollywood. Yeah. Lucy and Ethel when they did Hollywood. Yeah, that was that was great. And then, of course, they had to fu- uh, plug the fact that they're making a movie based on a Marvel comic book. Of course. I want to ask Howard, what are what are water giggles? Right? And like, fanning. Like girls, back- What's fanning? fanning? Are you done fanning is, around? Fanning around is actually a common Britishism. It means, are you done messing around? Fanning about. I would love fan- to do some fanning around. Actually, in in the you know I know in our country we call the back part the fanny, in yeah. the UK the front part is the fanny. Uh, uh-huh. So what are you doing fanning about? Is what are you doing messing? You know, are you done playing? Are you done messing around? So I love that line. I actually wrote it down. I, I like Peggy calling someone a ditty in the episode. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Was <laughs> that Howard? Probably. Yeah, for it makes sense. Yeah. That threw it all. No, no. Was it Howard or was, Th- or was it Thompson? Oh, it was probably Thompson, but she just like, oh, what an appalling surprise. I was like, what was, somebody said, who's a good boy? Oh, she was doing that to Howard. Howard, yeah, yeah who's a good boy? Yes. Here, to give with right. a, with a Bloody Mary. Here's a good, who's yeah. a good boy. And he's like, give that back. Yeah. And he actually followed her. Yes. <laughs> well, she's got alcohol in her hand, of course. That's right. Yeah. She could do I that with coffee, too. Yeah. Well, with Joshua, yeah. Get uh, Howard. I just, I just, I love the banter, the relationship between Howard and Peggy. It's so genuine. They put up with each other. I mean, she puts up with him, but she genuinely cares about him. He genuinely cares about her. And she's the only dame he hasn't tried to get into bed and or have water giggles with. That's and because he knows she, she could beat the crap out of him. Well, yeah. She's too much for him to handle. And I love seeing more of him with Jarvis because I want to see why Howard trusted him so much with Tony. And I have seen that every time we see them together, they have this really beautiful rapport. And I don't know, the actors just, they have a great kind of chemistry. And it's so refreshing to see Howard be, you know, somewhat respectful of people and the people yeah. he respects would be people that normally 
people in his position would consider under them or beneath them. But his yeah. level of respect for Jarvis and Peggy, especially, and I would love to see him with Anna. I bet she serves him his ass on a platter. Good Howard was really respectful of Dr. Wilkes as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just, he all he cares is like, this guy's brilliant. I mean, it was just like, because Howard just doesn't care. I mean, it, it's, he doesn't really care about social norms. And unfortunately, at this time, the social norm was to be racist in a lot of right. ways. He doesn't give a shit. I'm sorry, excuse my language. He doesn't give a crap <laughs> about he he. All he cares about is who a person is, and that is so cool. And that makes me love Howard even more than I already did. And Dominic Cooper is just. I mean, I, I want more, and not just you know in my personal life, but with him. <laughs> but I want more Howard. And I know it's Peggy's show, and we shouldn't. I sh- shouldn't want another guy added to the cast. But um, I just bring him back a couple more times and I'll be happy. Because he's the guy that's not a douchebag. He is. He is the non-douchebag of of this show. Well, Sousa and Jarvis. But he's he's the one who sh- you kind of expect to be the douchebag. Yeah. And he's really the least douchebag. Because, I mean, yeah, he has a lot of women hanging around. But they look like they were having fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't. I think they're using him as much as he's using him. Like Josh said, as much as he's yeah. using them, and he always gives them a diamond bracelet. You know the Howard. Well, Stark only if they're one. only if they're a couple for a little yeah. while. That's, uh, yeah. I, so I said a mirror. I was like, how many of them have seen the mirror on the t- <laughs> in the car? Because <laughs> uh, Wendy Frost uh, sported one of those bracelets yet. I don't Can know. See what on her. Ooh. Click I out. Wonder. I wonder I if she's know. going to. She might. You know. He does. He does have random taste. I think he just likes women. Yeah, it's a Stark thing. It's a Stark thing. Yeah. Though I do expect to s- keep expecting to see any of his cars with the Stark license plate on them. But right, like Tony's. But you mentioned Jack. <laughs> Douchebag. Let's let's talk about Mr. Thompson, Mr. Agent. I don't have a clue, Thompson who apparently enjoys having Ikea furniture dumped on top of him. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a good place for him, on the floor covered in furniture. Right, right. Apparently he I, got tired of girls beating up on him, so he went to a West Coast to check up on things. Yeah, I just love the check. What an appalling surprise. She's not even trying to, to cover up the fact she hates him anymore. I love it, though. He calls her Marge one more time. I'm going to smack him. Could she smack him, please? Okay. Yeah. But then he saw the video, and then he saw the newspaper. Yes. I think he's finally catching on, and a lot sooner than he did last season. I don't know. Well, I think he's had the influence of, you know, he did kind of, like, for a second, respect Peggy. I think that's planted a seed of not everything is as it seems. And Peggy really got to him when she said that, that whole tirade which is yeah. beautifully done about, you know, you just want a medal, you just, you know, you want the Well, because she knows his secret. Yeah. And, the you know, the fact that he took a medal or took um, prestige when he didn't really deserve it. Right. But she would never call, she would never reveal, reveal that, that to anybody. But she no, but she's not she above could... throwing it back in his face. No, of course not. She's She did what she had to do and she was accurate. She was totally right. But she's going to do it in a way. That's not going to drag him through the mud. Right, she's going to do it in a way to make him think. 
Yeah, that's just the integrity that she has. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I just, he and Vernon, they, it's just like you could, I feel like he's so condescending to Jack. Yeah. It's like he'll do anything he can to get Jack on his side, and now we know he's connected to the arena club, and in some way, and he's, you know, he knows those people, and he's, you know, well connected, and he wants Jack. Yeah, but Vernon doesn't know that Jack has already been reported to by Agent Carter about the arena club. Right. So as far as Vernon knows, that was the first time yeah. that Jack yeah. had ever heard about it. Right. So, so he probably thinks Jack thinks it's some kind of. Ooh, this is nice. I want to be a part of this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I mean, that, they really need to liven up that that club anyway. I mean, there are there are members falling asleep with their newspapers, and it was just ugly. Oh my gosh, have yeah. they heard of a pastel? Have they heard about different? You know, other than mahogany. <laughs> well, that's wood? what ge- gentlemen clubs were like back then. Oh, I know, I know, yeah. but it's just like, oh my god, please let Howard join. Oh, that would have been funny. A- take over the club it would have been actually a nightclub instead of a gentleman's club but did you notice that uh howard said the same line that tony does in i think it was in avengers i'm not a joiner yeah yep. yeah the father-son thing well we know they weren't close but perhaps but they were more alike than i think tony would like to believe did you guys oh, yeah. pick up on some fear kind of jack yes when watching the video yes. even finding out Vernon was kind of shady do yeah. you think that the fear was not just because of the shadiness and what he's getting himself into, but maybe one of those chills that run down your spine, like, this is something that's going to come back and get me in the end. Like, this has something to do that in the future is going to haunt me or, or even maybe my family kind of thing. Because now there's a theory going out that he is an ancestor of Flash Thompson, the man who will one day become Venom. Oh. Are they going to go that route? Folks, I... Why not? I'm not a fan of... Because, uh, I mean, just... Most people don't want Venom as Eddie Brock. I mean, are they really going to go that route? Well, why not? Now that they have Spider-Man available to them, and the fact that if they're going to introduce Venom at any point in time, they need a backstory for it. So just like within humans, why not start a backstory now? You know, Any, anything's possible when it's all connected. If I remember right, based on my Spider-Man comic, Glor did Flash his family have a long history of being in the military. Yes. Because isn't that why he joined? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I always enjoyed the character as the bully who ended up becoming one of Peter Parker's close friends. I right. like that transformation. So to eliminate that, can I make a Venom right away? I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical about that for that well, reason. Well, no, no. I don't say to make him a Venom sense. right away. Okay. You well, know, we're probably not but... going to even meet him because the show takes place so far in the past. Right. Right. No, they're the setting it up for a connection. Not even born yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the movies, Spider-Man's going to be a teenager. So that means Flash is still a teenager in our current time. Right. So he's probably like the grandson or maybe great-grandson of this Thompson. Well, that just means Thompson yeah. got some woman to marry him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I, I'm, I'm going to guess it's not Peggy. No. No. No, that poor, poor Now, wife. what a twist that would be. No. <laughs> don't even the man. I don't care 
I mean, I saw genuine fear on his face when he's watching that reel to reel about the explosion because it was like, what the heck is going on? He did, it was like, I don't understand this, but I know that's not good. What is right. going on? It was like the seeds of doubt were planted and yep. he's seeing evidence that that's, those seeds are real. And then yep. the newspaper, I think he's starting to see things are not as rosy and uh, falling in line as he thought that there are things going on behind the scenes that he doesn't know about. And he might be possibly being manipulated, mm -hmm. but I think he trusts Vernon who is just like, I could see where they, why they get along douchebags. And, yeah. but I think he's also starting to question things and which is something he didn't really do before Peggy. Right. He just kind of did what he was told. He kind of did what he thought was right. He didn't really question like why things were happening. And I think now it's like, and then he turned it over well, this time period, you know, you did it. It was the start or the early stages of young people kind of rebelling against their parents. They're not doing what their parents want to do. Get Jack, I think, looks at Fernand as a father figure. Get he's conflicted because he is someone that's not Howard. He doesn't want to go against social norms. Right. You know, this is a follower. Because as much as he wants to be a leader, he's a follower. Right. Let's let's talk about what you just said, Nikki, about the fact that he turned over the reel, the movie reel. Um, he turned it over to Vernon, yeah. FBI, but this Vernon happens to have a tie to the Arena Club, right. the same Arena Club that told Chadwick to shut down the experiments and that it's not going anywhere and that there's nothing there. Why would they want the reel then? Exactly. I mean, unless because unless they, they just know. say we, they want to tie up loose ends and they w don't want any evidence. Why would they want it unless the ulterior motive is we shut it down because we don't want you to be popular because of this. We don't want it to go public. We're going to continue experimentations because we see potential in it somewhere else. Right, exactly. Right. They, they now, want the power. They want these guys. They're also referred to as the Council of Nine. Yeah. These guys want the power. This is an incredible you know, find for them. This is incredible possession. They want to control it. They want right. to have all access rights to it. No, you know, copyright it and stamp it and patent it because they want to use it for their own purposes. And if, especially yeah. since they're connected to, you know, the original Hydra. Yeah. And yeah. it's like there's Who so much. Who is in the in Marvel Cinematic Universe in um the in behind the scenes. Who is Fazekas? F A Z E K A S. She's, she's one of the writers and showrunners of the show. Michelle Fazekas. Yeah. Friend of ours on on Twitter, Kyle Livingston, said has a, a quote from her when asked about the pin and about the symbol of the Arena Club, how it almost looked like that original Hydra symbol we recently saw in Agent Shield. Does it have any connection to that? She answered, "No, I would not say that." And then goes on to say. Because someone then took a um, went on to the Marvel um, database, uh, mm -hmm. actual Marvel page, and circled the whole section. And uh, to read it real quick, it says the Secret Empire is a subversive organization concerned with conquering the USA through surreptitious means, such as forming underground armies and engaging in deeply layered conspiracies. Traditionally, the Secret Empire has been organized by code numbers given to each member, which indicates their rank within the organization. The nine highest-ranking members originally comprised the Council of Nine to provide direction for the rest of the organization, while the person who held the rank of number one served as the supreme leader. The original secret empire was funded by the terrorist group Hydra 
and its underground un, and its underground branch called them made the empire a branch of Hydra alongside its own scientific division, AIM. Later iterations of the empire were completely self-sufficient. So we we keep calling them Hydra. They're not technically Hydra. They're funded by Hydra, which is probably why they have that a different symbol because it's you know they they were given probably that symbol by somebody from Hydra, but yeah. it's not technically. So and the fact that it has an A when, like arena, it also could be AIM, like the start of AIM, which we saw the start of in Iron Man three. Right. So maybe maybe hit that in Iron Man three that AIM was spawned off of the idea, like they were funded by this arena club or Hydra club. So it's not technically Hydra, but they are associated with it. So maybe Vernon is a Hydra member who has ties with the Arena Club, and they're taking the experiment. Hydra is away from Arena Club, who is more talk, who is more de- dealing with the politics and stuff like that, and trying to take over the right. governments. Whereas Hydra says, "Oh, suddenly you want don't want to do that? Okay, we'll take that experiment." Well, they are. They were the Nazi Science Division. Right, Good. right. They want the so, science project. But did they say that they lost track of the monolith for a while? Right. Hydra, they got it back? Yeah. Could this be that scenario? That's how Hydra gets it back? Because this story? <gasps> Do you think that this zero matter is the monolith? Because I, I don't. I don't either. I, I don't think, think it's, it's the monolith. I think they're connected, but... Yeah. I think there's something... Get something to do with your your symbiote theory. Because I just don't know how to fit it all together yet. I think they're merging the monolith, the ancient inhuman, and the symbiote all together with dark force energy. That's what I think. I think the ancient inhuman, the reason they... Because we were like... I was trying to figure out how is taking over a dead body, how is that so powerful and so dangerous that he got exiled? Unless, of course, it's not taking over the de- just taking over dead body. What if he was a dark force energy projector? What if he was the or- origin of dark force energy? And he was able to suck the life and energy out of it at people. And because he was so powerful, they sent him away. And that's how he killed everybody, is by slowly taking their energy in order to live in this other world, in Maveth. And that's why it's so dark. Maybe he even took away some of the... He's sucking There's, the literal energy out of the sunlight. God, who does that sound like? Uh, Whitney Frost? Yes. Yes. And on top of that, if that is true, then when that portal opened up, when that rip in space opened up during that bomb testing, then that goo that came through, that zero matter, could be... Like, for instance, the ancient inhuman may have sensed the portal opening, and he tried to get out, and that's just a piece of him. That's just some dark energy residue, like a piece of him got cut off, you know, when he was trying to escape. And that's why he's inert, but slightly alive. That dark force energy is like a symbiont, and that's what is inside Grant Ward. I think we're not only finding the origin story of dark force energy, but I think this is also an origin story of that ancient and human takeover thing that's now inside at Grant Ward. That's my theory. Now, is it inside of Whitney Frost, or does she just have a portion? Just like in comic books, when the symbiont gets cut off, from, like pieces of it get cut off, if, it, if those pieces find a host, 
it can slowly heal itself and grow and become something else. Carnage is a child, so to speak, right. of venom. So what if this piece that got through the portal is now inside Madame Mask, Whitney Frost, a.k.a. was it Angie? What is it? A Agnes, Agnes Cully. Agnes Cully. Okay, what if that piece is like a child of the, dark, yeah. of the ancient inhuman? And this piece will grow maybe one day to become Venom or get taken, you know, taken out. I don't know. But it's, I think that's, they're merging. I think in this Marvel Universe, they're merging all of these stories. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's growing Gid Whitney because after she absorbed yeah. that guy, the scar got bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got and wider. I'm thinking, to, to fit the idea of the Madame Mask concept, could her being an actress... So when she absorbs someone, she could change to look like them for Ooh, a short period of time. That's a good theory. That'll be interesting to see how, if that if that's what they do. That would be that's a good theory. But it's going to be different than Mystique because I think she's only going to be able to do it for a short period. That's why she's got to wear the mask because she's covering the scar or hiding it because it's going to get so big. I think her face is going to look different. Yes. But she can alter her features temporarily, and it's just an outside features. Not, it's not. It's like a. It's like she's putting on a full body mask. Yes. When she becomes somebody else, that's a good theory. I like that one. And I, I really liked the uh, the nice little hint when uh, we see in the background of that last scene with her the masks on the wall. Yeah. The, the comedy and tragedy mask. I was like, that was a nice touch. Yeah, that was a yeah. nice touch. It reminds me of Clayface. Come out of the M.A.D. series. Go on what they're doing with her. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool that they she's the expert. She is a genius, and that they found out that she's really the the one who did most of the research. So she really does know what she's talking about. Right. Like when she's like, I know it better than anybody. She really does. She was there yeah. at the beginning. This is gonna turn. She has to. She has to play it. The right way, because in a world where women are not considered all that great, business world or scientific world, right. she has to play behind the scenes. Right. And so you know she's... who's gonna who's gonna actually believe that a blonde bombshell actress is in that time period is a genius. Right. So well, that was very characteristic of the time. Yeah. The 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 uh, I think it was the mother. Was it, was it Mother's Dome's best? Or, uh, maybe Leave It to Beaver was yeah. actually, like, a producer. Yeah. That was, like, a really big driving force in Hollywood. But they had to keep it under wraps because of the way things were at the time. That's what this kind of reminded me of. There were all sorts of women behind the scenes that were real powerhouses and real creative forces. But they would have to go by other names, you know, men's names. Or they would have to, like be giving the, you know, the men would take the credit for the ideas. It was just the time. and it, Well, she's it, using her husband. Yeah, she's using her husband. And I don't want to draw too, too many parallels to this because I don't want the association, but my grandmother's maiden name is Cully. Oh, boy. <gasps> da, da, da. Oh, stay away from black goo. I, I plan on it. That's not yep. something that's a problem for me. It's all connected. Keep it this podcast. Yeah, right. It's all connected now. You're just trying to sway us to stay away from, to n n not suspect you. No, I, I want you to bring down Whitney Frost. <laughs> well, 
by the way, that when that goo attacked the director, uh, if you notice the shock on her face, that means yeah. that that goo was doing it on its own. Yeah. That okay. was a protection uh, thing, and it was protecting its host. Yeah. And that that alone makes me believe wholeheartedly that my theory from last year is right, and that this is symbiote. Possible. That's, anything that's is my, possible. I know anything is possible. They like to twist things around and makes mm-hmm. a, make us suspect different things. But yeah, that's my thoughts. But at the same time, I think Winnie is using her husband to get to the table, go behind the scenes, of the Garita Club, because then I think she is going to want to take it over. Oh, I think she's going to. Yeah. I think I think that as more and more of them maybe disappear if she eats them and if she if your theory is right and she can look like them i think she'll start subversively taking you know making commands and stuff like that as them and uh as members of them and then and changing things and who knows <laughs> it's kind of interesting but we call her madam mask and that's true but if marvel is in the in the um business of merging things and combining origins we could be looking at the origin of Madame Hydra. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think her, I mean, her husband's kind of a tool, and he's oh, an yeah. idiot. But yeah. every time he would say, you know, you'll be the perfect wife, the perfect senator's wife, the first lady, you'll have all the babies you want. And part of me thought, you know, the look on her face was, that's she really wants a normal life. I think she really wants that part of her. But then he's so condescending. It was like, I wanted yeah. to smack her. I wanted to smack him. And then she would she lied about Peggy and sent a killer after her and I'm like nope you die. Well she's kind of watching that. A very she's kind of the anti Peggy. Yeah. She wants to you know show her worth, but she's doing it in evil ways. Yeah. it's interesting because it's almost like Dottie has kind of got it overridden by this character because a good nemesis for Peggy. There's a photo that I found from this episode and I thought it was Dottie but it was actually Whitney I was like oh that's a great picture oh that's not <laughs> yeah yeah they, they they're the nemesis is next next season should hopefully there will be a next season if they do another nemesis it needs to not be a, a blonde it needs to be somebody else because too many yeah. blondes uh, not blonde nemesis and we're starting to get them mixed up like that they picture just, of her, like you said, the picture of her on the magazine cover. Yeah. I actually did. Think, I thought so too. I thought they were. We were looking at Dottie Underwood. Yeah, there's so, so maybe there's a connection there too. Maybe, maybe that's but. why they they dyed Dottie's hair. <laughs> <laughs> so we would get them confused. And then Peggy, we find out Peggy has a has a little friend who's following her around. Make creeper making things creeper. float. Make things float around. Yeah, how creepy is that? Invisible, intangible, but he can see everything. Has so he's seen friend. her. He's seen her sleep. He's seen her eat. Seen her get dressed. Take a shower. I think he's a gentleman. I don't think he looked. What? Really? Doctor Box uh, is a gentleman. He is. He is. I'm not saying he's not a gentleman, but come on, it's Peggy Carter. Even a gentleman would look. Yeah, I would look. I don't think yeah. she cares. She let yeah. him call her Peggy. Yeah. So I think she's like, yeah, good over. Yeah. But only Howard could call her Peg. I have to say, though, that that this whole idea, and I wrote about it too, scientifically, I think the writers messed up a little bit with this 
spray can of Howard's that got Wilkes visible. If he is intangible, what did the spray can coat? You know, when he opened his mouth and he sprayed inside the mouth and coated the vocal cords, how? Right. The vocal cords, it would have to be physically there in order to be coated by the spray. But this show gets very... It's very golden age. Because in golden yeah. age, there's a lot of science that doesn't make sense. Right. Can you just roll with it? Exactly. You just but have I, to... Suspension of disbelief. It's a fantasy. I did like, though, that on scientifically, he's almost on par with Howard Stark. And I like that Howard Stark was free with his... Like, very honest with his compliment that he is Stark Industries good. Yeah. No, I'm... So. Yeah, I loved Howard's interaction with him. It was like two little boys playing in the toy box. They were just having so much fun. And Howard respects anyone who is intelligent. Mm-hmm. That's why he. That's why there's so few people he respects besides, like, Peggy and Jarvis. And he probably hates Thompson. Go over and see a seed with them. We haven't got that yet. Howard really thrives on both creativity and scientific achievement and learning new things. And that's what a scientist does. And I think, you know, should we get Wilkes back in this physical forum? I think he's got a career at Stark Industries. He's also a very good friend, because Peggy said. Because I think that was right. Because that was kind of a punch in the gut to me, because I really think when Civil War comes out, we're really going to see that come out in Tony. You know, his father being a good friend, and I think we're really going to see the hurt he feels when Cap kind of goes after him. Because there, you know, there's a wide eye in the trailer. Chris says, I was your friend too. Because he really seems hurt. He really yeah. does. Like, it's confusing to him. It's like, he was, I mean, this is a guy who was really tight with his dad too. Right, exactly. And Tony takes his friendships very seriously. When he's really your friend, he will do anything for you. Look what happy. Right. You know, and I think, Jar- you know, and even though Jarvis at one point is a di- at most of the time is a disembodied voice, you really mm-hmm. can't see how he considers him a friend. And um, so I think that it's, it's going to be really hard for Civil War. Tony's going to take it because he goes to his brain, gets everything he grew up, everything he knew, betraying him. Because I would assume that Peggy and, of course, Jarvis might have been a part of his life when growing up. And he heard all these stories. And yet, you, you know, it's going to be like everything he grew up knowing kind of betrays him. And that. That's going to be rough. I'm going to guess that Jarvis was probably even the one who did most of the raising of Tony. No, I think that's pretty much has been established. Yeah. In the comics, but at least. Taryn, Twitter, at Colonel Wojtuk, Taryn mentioned that it was it's kind of cool how Howard and Jason Wilkes uh, team up you know, in this episode, kind of like how Tony and Jason Rhodes team up. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's uh, Howard's, how, how does she say it? Howard's lack of racism is probably passed down to Tony. You know, Tony saw that as, you know, as, a, as an example to follow. Could they somehow relate Wilkes to Rhodey? No, Not I think, yet. I think if you need to keep them apart because you don't okay. want it just to be so incestuous that everybody's connected and like that's yeah. the reason they have a relationship. Tony right. and Howard both respect human beings. They don't care. Yeah. They don't see color. They don't care about color or religion or anything. It's based on who they are as people. If you've proved yourself to Tony or Howard Stark, they're going to stick by you. They could care yeah. less about any of the other things. Those are all superficial to them. Yeah. 
I know, agree. I coming agree. from the two super, coming to the coming from the two most superficial people in the Marvel universe at some times, Tony and Howard, they are actually not superficial people. They actually really do look at who you are inside. Maybe with women they are, but they, <laughs> except for Peggy to, and Black Widow, Peggy, right? When it comes to who they open up to and who they respect, it's about who that person is. Right. It's not a, you know, and he knew right away Peggy was someone he could respect because she could kick the crap out of him. Yeah. And he likes that and not in a tingly way, not in a water giggles way. He does it out of kind of loyalty to Cap as well. Well, yeah. You know, he kind of, you know, gets kind of like, okay, Cap and I are kind of bros because I'm not going to go on, you know, make a move on his girlfriend kind of thing. Well, that, and I think that they knew each other before and I think right. that their relationship has always probably been like this. He might have tried to hit on her at one point, and she just knocked him down a peg, and he might have been, no pun intended. And <laughs> The only woman to turn him down. It's, it's, it's such a rare thing. She, she is not charmed by me. You know, kind of like, I am intrigued by this. And then yeah. finding out just who she was as a person and how he respected her. And I think she's probably yeah. one of the first women that he ever respected in that yeah. way because he was she was the, she's the first one he's ever gotten to know in a way that's not superficial and that's a beautiful relationship i think he has fun hanging out with her because it seems like it would be fun to hang out with peggy at the same time coming down yeah. it's like a dating thing but no they're friends i think people thought you always think that if a guy and a girl are friends that there's something going on or somebody wants something i'm sorry right. my best friends are guys and there's none of that going on what I like, I like that about this show, and TV in general, that they are trying to do that more often, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's something yeah. that it's reflecting real life, and it's not, and it's something unfortunately that's different. Right. You know, that's oh look, it's a it's a cuckoo bird. You know, it's a dodo. Can I think Marvel has done that really well with a lot of characters? Yes. Yeah. With, with Hawkeye, got Black Widow, Howard and Peggy. Can we, the list kind of goes on and on. Daisy and Mac. Right. Daisy and Fitz. Hawkeye and Hawkeye and Nat. Yep. You know, the list goes on. To, uh, Cap and Nat. It's a good thing. I, I yeah. appreciate it as, as a woman. I appreciate it as an intelligent human being who doesn't who doesn't see people superficially. All right. Well, I think that wraps up everything. We we're going to talk about with this episode. Yeah. Where we thought about yep. it, we covered it well. So let's get into our listener feedback section. Oh, I think we have to do Joshua's news first. Oh, oh yeah. That's, we're going to do that first. Okay. Fix it yeah. up. Yeah. Just let all of our fans and followers know we are going to be consolidating our resources and our news and all of our efforts in order to give you the best at the right time in the right place. So our Twitter and Facebook pages will be merging with Across the Airwaves parent company. Marvelverse podcast, DC Nation podcast, Thrones cast, all will be shutting down February 14th in order to merge all of our talents and resources into Across the Airwaves main account and page. This goes also for Facebook. All of these pages will be shutting down to merge with Across the Airwaves so that all you have to do is go and like or follow Across the Airwaves so that you can stay up to date on all the news of all the shows that you love. 
So give us a follow on uh, at Across the Airwaves on Twitter, and then head on over to Facebook to Across the Airwaves and give us a like so that you can follow along with us. This will happen February 14th, Valentine's Day, so you have a couple weeks to do this. Be, for, be sure to tell your friends, and we look forward to seeing you on our new site as we bring news to one area so that all you have to do is go there. Thank you. For sure. All right, thanks for doing that, Josh. Good no now we will get into our listener feedback section. With the return of one of our favorite emailers. Yes, we have an email from Morgan. Hi, Nikki and Dan. I didn't get a chance to send him feedback last week, but I absolutely loved the two-hour premiere. So much mystery and S.H.I.E.L.D. connections. And Peggy and Jarvis and Anna. Oh, my, she is so much fun. And Daniel. And oh, I loved everything. This week was pretty fantastic, too. I think Peggy and Jarvis are one of my all-time favorite bro tips, B-R-O-T-P's. <laughs> Do I, I don't know what that means, but I'll word. take your... Uh, their friendship is the best. Zero Matter is so cool. and totes Gravitonium because, as we know, it's all connected. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it somehow ended up being co- connected to the monolith as well. Thompson is being super sketchy and a dick as usual. Good, well put. <laughs> She's not holding back. Howard is hilarious and oh so Howard in this episode. And I just love that Peggy continues to not take shit from anyone. Okay, I really want to know what the heck happened between Daniel and Peggy. They cannot stop being awkward around each other, and I kind of love it and hate it at the same time. Definitely presents a lot of questions. Whitney Frost, such a manipulative biatch, and clearly a great choice in villain. She's going to be fun to watch all season as she transforms into Madame Mask. The effect of the Zero Matter had on her was crazy. Holy crap, it looked like she melted that guy and then absorbed him. What the what? I hope I'm reading this right, Morgan. <laughs> Uh, Peggy throwing punches at the bag. Teary eyes. She learned those moves from Steve. Nicely done. Nicely done. Marvel tugging at the heartstrings. That fight scene was so great. Love seeing Peggy Peggy and Jarvis kick ass together. Um, Howard's going to Peru. Any chance that 084 from S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 is there yet? Could it help with the Jason situation? Uh, I might just be grasping at straws here. But what if, you guys... I don't even know if I have a fully developed theory here about how the 084 could connect to Mar- the Zero Matter Gravitonian Monolith, whatever we're going to call it. But it's Marvel, so you never know. Overall, such a great episode. Definitely a lot of questions about what comes next. Until next week, Morgan. Very nice. Thank you, Morgan, for that. Great yes. to hear from you again. Yes, we missed you. I know. We were a little worried about you last week, but good to know you're back. Good. If you want to share your thoughts on Agent Carter... Remember to tweet us. Got a Marvel vs. Talk. After each episode. Can tell February 14th. Or you can email us at marvelversepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a voice family call. 773-809-3363. With that, we're going to dive into our closing. Where Nikki's going to share what's happening on our next episode. If you haven't figured it out already. <laughs> our next episode, we'll be discussing episode 4 of Agent Carter entitled Smoke and Mirrors. God, I just cannot wait for that. It's going to be I know. I'm so excited. So with that, if you're not sticking around for spoilers, let's roll that pre-recorded closing. Get in our Marvelverse podcast website located at marvelverse.acrosstheairways.com or on acrosstheairways.com. 
you could check out our other podcast shows, including Across the Airwaves, which provides entertainment news, along with weekly reviews, We've got our favorite shows not related to superheroes, Gore Game of Thrones, such as Sleepy Hollow, Castle, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, Person of Interest, Doctor Who, New Girl, Modern Family, The Big Bang Theory, got more to come to the future, because the TV lineup is always changing. You can also check out the DC Nation podcast, located at its own website, dcnation.acrosstheairwaves.com. Got in the iTunes store, which reviews the TV shows Gotham, The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, got Legends of Tomorrow. In addition to these programs, check out Thronescast. Our podcast hosted by Nico, Nikki, and myself, dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website thronescast.acrosstheairways.com. Or on iTunes. Can you can send us your thoughts on each Game of Thrones episode by emailing us at thronescast at gmail.com, tweeting us at thronescast, again, that's at thronescast, leaving us a voicemail at 773-809-3363, again, that's 773-809-3363, or by posting on our Facebook page located at facebook.com slash thronescast. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, a Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, and the Mix Internet radio station, code by Jack Stifle, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the Podcast Box app, and if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace, and the Windows Marketplace, because a regular Windows phone app. Because for how you can contact us, to give your own insight on the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just to say you like what we're doing, email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Comment on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Across the Airwaves. Again, there's no the on there. It's just Across the Airwaves. Join our circle on Google+. Plus. Or leave us a voicemail at 773- Gate zero nine three three six three. Could get that seven seven three. Gate zero nine three three six three. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies, got television events, such as Avengers: Age of Ultron, Batman vs Superman, got Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic Cons. It will be a great source to find videos coming out of Comic-Con 2015 this summer. All right. So once again, for our other Across the Airwaves podcast hosts, Nico Reifstech, Moo Kim, Michael J. Petty, Ken Steve Nostro, I'm Dan Schmidt. I'm Nikki Amy. I'm Josh McCray. And until next week, we will catch you in the Marvelverse next Saturday. genius.
characterization. ABC next Tuesday to bring down a supervillain. You'll be the most beautiful first lady this country's ever seen. Agent Carter's gotta take the law. You kidnapped somebody. It's a felony. Into her own hands. Times like these, it's often safer. Be seen as a team player. Or more like this. People on my side sometimes blur the line to stop people on your side. New Marvel's Agent Carter. Next Tuesday, 9, 8 central on ABC. All right, so what you just heard is the audio for next week's episode of Agent Carter. Good titled Smoke and Mirrors, which should be a great show. Oh my god, I can't wait. In Smoke and Mirrors, Agent Carter and the SSR learn there is more than just a pretty face behind Hollywood star Whitney Frost, Peggy's most dangerous foe yet. Smoke and Mirrors was written by Sue Chung. This is her first episode that she's written. Cool. Yes. Got no word about Howard. No. That he's not listed on the uh, guest cast list. He's going to Peru. Great, that should be fun. Yeah, he's going to go inf- infect the uh, South, infect South America with whatever STDs he has. Great, exactly. Got <laughs> Wendy Frost is going to absorb and inf- infect everyone she comes across with her newfound ability. Okay, that's what I'm most intrigued about next week. Can see her de-evolve into this crazed supervillain. Right. I think that's what we're all kind of going is how is she going to accept this this new ability this new power is she going to go insane and is she going to go totally full blown super villain or is it going to be a more gradual decline plus we get to see Peggy meet Vernon that should be good yeah because she's just going to kick his ass yeah well if anyone could put the scary villain from Robocop and Red from that 70s show <laughs> in his place it's Peggy Carter it really is. So that should be fun to watch. And I'm wondering, I'm curious to see how Peggy's going to react to taking on some a very frightening, full-fledged supervillain. Because she really hasn't done that without Cap. Right. So to see her do it for the first time, I mean, I'm sure she's going to overcome it, but I'm worried she's going to get a little nervous or maybe be a little knocked out a peg or two by this situation. No pun intended. Right. It's unfortunate. It's a difficult line to use. It is. Chris, with the character of Peggy. I think that it's going to be a group effort again like it was last season. And she's not one to take the glory for herself. She's always, she knows when she needs help. Right. And she knows when she can't do it by herself. And that's, I think, a very strong trait. Most people would just say, I can do this all by myself. It takes strength to ask for help. More than it does to go out there and get your ass kicked because you didn't ask for help. So I think that I think we're going to see a coming together of of Souza and Jarvis and possibly Howard again and Jason Wilkes. Okay, maybe even Thompson. Maybe Thompson. I don't know. I don't have much faith in that asshole. I keep thinking he's going to get killed, but that's just me. Mm, one could dream. He's going to pull a dually. No. I don't, Dooley turned out to be somewhat okay in the end. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Thompson even has it in him. I think he's learning. He, his growth is really slow, which is natural. Nobody changes all at once. But some people don't change. And some people are it's so ingrained in them that I don't know. The only thing I hope we don't see next episode is that onesie that Jarvis wore in the first episode. Good lord, man. I don't That's all I have to say. I don't need to see that again. Love you, James Darcy, but no. Go with that disturbing thought. Thank we're you. We're going to leave you for the week. <laughs> so thanks, you guys, for joining us, and we'll talk with you next week. Bye, guys.
We now return to our regularly scheduled program.